the title of the message today is The Transformative Power of Worship. The Transformative Power of Worship. I've been waiting all week just to say that. The Transformative Power of Worship. Amen. Amen. Worship is one of the most important things that you can exercise and do as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Worship has the transformative power to change our hearts, to change our minds, to change our lives in general. How many of you know it's so important to exercise and practice a lifestyle of worship before the Lord? Amen? It's not just on Sundays, although that's awesome because when we gather together in worship on Sunday morning, it is powerful. I believe God ramps up the volume on his presence because we're gathered together. He likes his family to come together, so he ramps up. It's biblical. He ramps up the presence of God. He said, when two or three are gathered together in my name, I am, what, in the midst of them. Jesus is here. Angels are here. The kingdom of God is here because we are gathered together to worship him, to praise him, and to see heaven move in our midst. So I've got five things I want to talk about with the transformative power of worship. Number one, worship draws us closer to God. Worship draws us closer to God. Psalm 95, verse 6 and 7 says, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. The very word worship means to bow down. In the Hebrew language, that's what it means, to bow down before him. That means you're surrendering everything before him. I want to encourage you to get on your knees first thing in the morning. Maybe you do it in the bathroom, or maybe when you get out of your bed, you just fall down to your knees and surrender everything, bow down before him. And that's the the best way that you can start out your day is get connected with God and surrender and submit to him. And then you're connected in a way that you go throughout your day in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to do any day without that, without his presence. Amen? We need his presence, especially in this day and age. With the fight and the battle and the struggle, we need his presence now more than ever. Did you know that worship literally means, in the English language, it means to, it's where we get worth-ship. It means to ascribe to God the greatest worth in your heart. That means you're putting God as number one in your heart and in your life. God, I worship you. You are number one. You are, that's why tithing and offering is an act of worship because we're putting God first. Same with being here on the first day of the week, that you're giving God the first and the best of your week. God, this day belongs to you. It's the Lord's day. I won't touch it. I'm just going to honor you and bless you and rest and pray that you bless all of the rest of the week ahead. It's a great way of living. If we, if we listen and, and grab a hold of it, to give God the greatest worth in your heart, to worship him. Worship connects us with God on a deeper level. 
Every time you lift up your voice, every time in worship, every time you bow down before him, every time you lift your hands, every time you shout to the Lord in praise, every time you are singing and doing these things, these acts of worship, you are drawing closer to God and his presence is filling you to overflowing. How many of us know that that our world needs transformation and it happens by God's people worshiping him and praising him, being filled with the Holy Spirit and being filled with the kingdom of God moving among us and then the world, first of all, we are transformed and then the world around us, the atmosphere around us begins to change and we start to change and transform the world around us, our workplace, our neighborhood begins to change. Our home life begins to change when we worship God on a regular basis. And we need to be reminded of that, don't we? Because oftentimes I think we don't practice it or we forget about it. We just go through our day without worshiping God. And then we wonder why there's such a struggle. We wonder why things are so tough. But God says, if you just get alone with me and worship and praise me, then I'll move in your world and make things a whole lot easier. Amen? Amen. The transformation happens on the inside, and it begins to affect the world around us. We draw near to God in worship, and the enemy and all of the competing gods of our culture are dethroned in our heart. I heard a song this week that brought me to tears because I remember it when I first gave my life to Jesus. And it, the title of the song is To Keep Your Lovely Face is the, the title of it. It's sung, the version I like of it is uh, sung by Bob Fitz. And listen to these words. To keep your lovely face, God, ever before my eyes. This is my prayer. Make it my strong desire that in my secret heart no other love competes. Listen to this. This is my favorite line right here. No rival throne survives. And I serve only you. No rival throne survives. There is a battle every day inside of you and inside of me. And if you say, well, no, pastor, that's not me. I am unlike other believers. I don't have those battles. I am pure and holy. Then you're lying, and that's a whole other issue. Right? We have these inner struggles every day of our life. And we need to get the victory. It's the battle between your flesh and the spirit. It's a battle of the enemy. And only one is going to win. Every day, only one is going to win. Who is it going to be? When you decide to worship God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength every day, then God wins the battle for you in that day. But if you're passive in it and you're not active, then watch out because 
Look at James 4, 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit your, That's every day. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's a promise. He'll flee from you. Praise God. Worship is a powerful weapon against the schemes and the plans of the enemy. Worship overcomes every spiritual battle and every temptation. Can you attest to that? When you worship God, God, I worship you. God, I praise you. And the enemy starts to scatter in Jesus' name. Amen. So worship draws us closer to God. The second one is in worship transformation, the power of uh, the transformative power of worship is that worship renews our minds. Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. So worship establishes your thoughts in the right place. If you just go through any given day and you don't start with God and you don't worship him, then your thoughts will get all kinds of scattered all over the place. The Bible calls it a double-minded person because it, your, your mind has to be controlled by your spirit. Otherwise, it'll be bouncing all over the place. Thoughts over here of the flesh, back, back over here to the things of God, back over here to this distraction, back over here to, oh, praise God, and, and back and forth. And the Bible calls it a double-minded man, and it says that you are become unstable in all your ways. But if you keep your mind focused on God and worship to him, then everything else begins to be established. Your thoughts begin to become established in the right place, in the right focus. You, say, you may even have to hold your hands on your head and say, mind focus on Jesus. You may even have to yell at your mind and say, hey. <laughs> and if you do that, we, we'll understand. We'll, okay, okay, he's doing, he's doing the, the message thing. Our minds need something to focus on. And we live in a world of distractions, a world of confusion. But worship will place your mind in the right place and establish your thoughts. Worship renews your thought patterns and aligns them with the truth of who God is. Uh, uh, Isaiah 26.3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I want to encourage you to memorize that verse and keep it going through your mind. Meditate on it throughout the week. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because, Lord, you can personalize it because I trust in you. You will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Therefore, God, I put my mind on you right now and I receive your peace in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. How about this one? Worship also breaks negative thought cycles. Worship will make you a positive person. There's nothing worse than a grumpy Christian. You know, looking like you've been sucking on lemons all day. It's like, where's the joy? Where have you been? Where have you been? 
You've been focusing on something else, haven't you? Have you been in worship? Have you been in praise? Because praise is raises, doesn't it? Praise brings on the joy. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Yeah, we go through some tough stuff in this life. Yes, we do. But praising God, worshiping him keeps you in that holy bubble of his presence, of his joy, of his kingdom, and it begins to make your attitude positive. Because heaven is up, the enemy and the devil and the hell is down, so don't be a downer. You know, we're headed to a better place than that, right? It's positive, it's up, and we need to be so as well. Amen? Be a joyful Christian. People like to be around joyful Christians. It's attractive for you single people. Being a joyful person, a happy person, is or 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 married or married people. That that was a that was a good statement. It's a good thing. You'll you'll bless your family. You'll you'll bless your spouse. And single people, you'll become more attractive. If you're a joyful person, praise God, praise God. I just feel like worshiping the Lord right now. Father, we just praise you. We worship you, God. We bless your holy name. We thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We thank you, Lord, that we are overcomers. We thank you, Lord, that we can be positive because your kingdom is greater than the kingdom of darkness. You have a, your kingdom is light. Your kingdom is strong and powerful. It's almighty and it's able. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Praise God. So worship renews your mind. Anyone need their mind renewed? I do. Amen. Amen. I love that our, the people in our congregation are getting more and more honest. Yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> that's me, Pastor. Before it was like, I'm fine, okay? I got this. I know about all the other people, but I've got it together, okay? Now it's like, you know, we're, we're going, as we're going through the word, yeah, we need help. I need help. Yeah, yeah, I need help. Amen. Amen. All right, the third one is the transformative power of worship. Worship transforms our character. Pastor, I was hoping that you wouldn't go there. Worship transforms our character. 2 Corinthians 3.18. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. The more that you and I worship the Lord, the more we worship God, the veil is taken away, the glory shines upon us, we are being radiated with the love, the presence of God. Talk about a a good suntan in God's presence. You're getting exposed to the glory of God, the presence of God, and the result is that it will change you. It will transform you, and we need that. We need to be changed. God doesn't need to be changed. We need to be changed. The more I worship God, his glory, his presence begins to transform me into the image of Christ. Worship has the power to shape us into Christ-likeness. How many of you know that there is a lack of character and integrity in our culture today, even among Christians? 
And in fact, if I just might, if I might say it, a lack of, of character and in, integrity in the life of a believer ends up hindering the believer, ends up hindering more believers than almost anything else. If you want to advance in your job, be a person of character and integrity. Because if you say, well, I can get away with a few things. I can cheat here and, and cut corners here. Eventually, it will catch up with you and you, will, you won't be promoted because you cannot be trusted. But if you reflect the character and the image of Jesus Christ in everything that you do, it's why Joseph was promoted in everything that he did. Why? Because he could be trusted. He had a great attitude. He was in the worst prisons, and yet he must have had an awesome attitude, a positive attitude. You know, that, that, you can't promote anything else than that. He had character. He had integrity. He was an honest person, and every situation that he was put into, he was promoted because the people above him could trust him with responsibility, and the same is true of you, believer, character, integrity, and we receive that. We are transformed with that when we worship God. That's the transformative power of worship. Not having character and integrity causes believers to go in circles. Never really growing spiritually because they have not allowed God to come in and transform their character through the power of worship. And I, I watch this. You probably see it too. There's believers that will walk with the Lord for 20 years, 30 years, and still be walking around in spiritual diapers. And there's people who come to Jesus, and, man, they are on fast track with change because they want it. God, do something in me. Do it today. Make me right and keep me going because I need to change. I, I need some wisdom in my life. I don't know what I'm doing. And I ask you to change me. I ask you to transform me every day. And your spiritual growth begin to take off in leaps and bounds. And God will bless you in that. He'll even give you, I'm even speaking prophetically right now, there's people that if you take God up, on being transformed in the power of worship, and you grow spiritually, he will begin to give you more and more responsibility than you have right now. You will become a leader in the, in the body of Christ. You will become a leader because of character and integrity. Remember, Jesus said, if you do the least things, then I'll add more to you. I'll give you more responsibility. Some people, if, you, if they gain more responsibility and the character and the integrity hasn't been developed, then they go for, to it like a ceiling. And then, oh, 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 they, they cut a corner. Oh, they cheated. Oh, they weren't so truthful. They stretched some, something. Oh, okay, now they have to go back. They have to go back to square one. You're a believer in Jesus, right? Amen. You messed up. Yeah, amen. Okay. But if you can get a hold of this in every area of your life, your finances, your work, your home life, you transform, be transformed in worship, and God 
will give you more blessings. Amen. So worship transforms our character in the image of Jesus Christ. The fourth one is, everyone still with me now? Okay. Worship strengthens our faith. Psalm 34, verse 3, O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Can we say that out loud together? Where's that, where's that verse go? Let's say this out loud together. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Amen. Worship builds our faith by reminding us of God's faithfulness and his goodness. Worship reminds me that with God, all things are possible. Amen. Matthew 19, 26, Mark 10, 27. With men, this is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Can we say that together? With God, all things are possible. And when you've been in worship and in praise, it transforms your mind and your mindset to know and believe in increased faith that with God, with my God, all things are possible. Some people may come to you and say, oh, no, that ain't going to happen. There's no way that it's going to happen. And you say, well, my God's bigger than that. And with God, all things are possible. Jeremiah 32, 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard or too difficult for me? And the answer is no, right? When you begin to worship, your perspective begins to change. You start seeing things from a different altitude when you worship God. Psalm 121, verse 1 and 2 says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. That's some pretty good help right there. The one who spoke everything into existence says, I want to help you. Wow. Wow. It reminds me that when David, the shepherd boy who had been in the presence of God, had been worshiping and playing instruments before God out in the field, was filled with the presence of God, went out to the battlefield where his brothers were cowering, and said, who is this? Who does he think he is to come against my God? My God is so much bigger than this giant. You see, the perspective had changed. All the brothers could see was this giant. Sometimes in our life, all we can see is the giant right in front of us. And God says, would you just please get alone with me for a second and begin to worship me? This thing is nothing, God says, for me. We begin to worship God. We begin to praise him. Our perspective changes to a higher place where Christ is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And we go, oh, my goodness, this is nothing. This is nothing. With you, Lord God, all things are possible. So worship strengthens our faith. And then the last one, the transformative power of worship. Worship empowers us for breakthrough and destiny. For breakthrough and destiny. God created you, right? He also created his perfect will for your life. We are created in Christ Jesus. When you're born again, you've been transformed, and now you are, have the potential of fulfilling 
God's original plan and destiny for your life. You know, without Christ, we were making up our own plan for our life. It was a disaster. Anybody want to say amen to that? I think every hand should go up on that one. Our lives, our lives were a disaster without Jesus, right? Hey, hey, who knows? Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus today. And you're here because your life is a mess. It is a disaster. All of us in the same place, in the same boat. I was a wreck. I was a mess. And then we think we've got it all together, too, especially the guys. They get the macho thing going. I was sitting on a curb crying. My life was a, a wreck in my late teens, early 20s. And I, of course, I sat in front of an evangelist house out of all places in a neighborhood to go for a walk and, at night and sit down on a curb and start crying because my life was such a mess and have an evangelist pull up to his house and the Lord spoke to him and said, today's his day. And then the first thing he says to me with a Bible in his arm, is everything okay? And what do I say? Everything's fine. (laughs) Tears streaming down my face. My life is a wreck in shambles. And I say, everything's fine. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, no, everything's not fine. You stay here. And I told him to leave. And he said, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. He kept speaking scripture. He sang gospel songs. I thought this guy's crazy. He did not leave. He did not leave until I gave my life to Jesus. Then he was okay. And thank God I wouldn't be here. I would not be here if, if God had not sent that pastor to, to confront me. And he confronted me with, with some boldness. I said, I've got some questions. He goes, I'm going to answer those questions tonight, and you're never going to answer those questions. You're never going to ask those questions again. I said, oh, my goodness. Finally, somebody's given me some answers to some things I've, been, I've had some, some problems with. And he did. Acts 13, 2 through 3, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, this is the New Testament church, The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. You see, worship aligns you with God's purpose and destiny, and it does involve reaching other people for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? If we, if we aren't focused on reaching other people, then all we're thinking about is a spiritual Christian club where we have social time and we don't reach anybody. But if we are transformed in worship to see our destiny, not only as individuals, but as a church as a whole, the first thing God's going to tell us in that design and in that destiny is go reach the world for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Worship empowers believers. It brings breakthrough so we can serve the Lord. It empowers us to fulfill our God-given destiny. In worship, we receive vision. We find out in worship who we are, and we discover our design when we worship the Lord. We find our commission to reach the world when we worship the Lord. And worship establishes 
the kingdom of God wherever you go. That's so important when you talk about reaching people, whether it's tent city or reaching people in the community. We've got to worship the Lord first. I encourage if you have a group that's getting together, lift up your hands, gather together in a circle and start worshiping the Lord and usher in the kingdom of God, usher in the presence of God, because that's what's going to change lives. In Jesus' name. I spoke to a group of people from India one time. When I was a children's pastor, one of the, the boys asked me to come to his birthday party. And there were 60 or 70 people there at this birthday party from India. And before we got to show you where the parents are in this whole story, the parents told me, We wanted to invite you to come to his birthday party because it was, I think he was becoming 12 years old. But we, his name is Joshua, I remember. We we want you to come to his birthday party because it's a coming of age thing. But also, the people that we've invited to come to his birthday party, many of them are from India and don't know Jesus. And we want them, we want you to preach like a 10-minute message to invite them to come to faith in Jesus Christ. I was like, wow, how awesome is that? Joshua, you got some pretty cool parents there, man. That's awesome. So when I got there, I got there early, and I started driving around the block. Oh, God, I praise you. Oh, thank you, Lord. I ask for your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven right in this place. Let your presence fall. And I prayed in the in my heavenly language, I prayed, I bound every demon. I prayed and invited the presence of God over that place, and I felt his presence come down. Oh, hallelujah. His presence was strong in that place. And then what happened is every person who walked into those doors, in through those doors, what did, they had no idea, but they were walking into the kingdom of God. They were walking into his presence. Well, this is different. Where, where am I? I thought I, was in, I thought I was in Van Nuys. And all of a sudden, I'm in this place where I feel, I feel his presence. I feel love. I feel unconditional love in this place. What is going on? I've never felt this before. That's what was happening in that place. And then all of a sudden, a preacher comes up and says, Jesus is the only way, and they connect the two. I I feel love, I feel his presence, and this guy is preaching about Jesus. And then he says, if you're ready and you want more of what's happening here, then just lift up your hands. And I'm telling you, yeah, kids lifted up their hands, but there was about 10 adults fully decked out in dress that you would see in India looked at me and said, yeah, I want this. I want this. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. I want this. I want this. I want whatever you, what's going on here, whatever's happening. Why? Because God's presence was there. It was established. And you don't want to do evangelism or outreach without that. Worship sparks the outreach and the evangelism, but is also necessary for evangelism. You know what I'm saying? Amen. All right. So it empowers us for breakthrough and destiny, not to mention wisdom. You know, there's a shortage of wisdom and common sense nowadays. <laughs> it's like, what, what are you guys thinking? Uh, 
policies without wisdom. Things that are just happening, you go, what are you doing? What's happening? Where's the wisdom? Well, if you disconnect from God and you don't worship him and acknowledge him as God, you have no wisdom. There's deception. You think you're doing the right thing. And it is the most unwise thing in the world. And it hurts people. It damages lives because there's no wisdom. And missionaries will go to tribes that have never experienced Jesus. They give them the gospel, and then all of a sudden they start getting wisdom. Their, their culture begins to transform. They, they learn life skills because the gospel has reached a culture. And for us who have been so blessed in this nation, we disconnect from God and then we disconnect from wisdom and we start to look like we never had God in the first place. And God says, you, you cut me out, so here you go. You no wisdom, no common sense. But it, the Bible says if we repent, we turn away from sin and we turn to God, and we worship him as God, then the wisdom comes back instantly. Instantly we receive wisdom. You receive it for your life, and our culture receives it for us as a whole. That's why we need revival in our nation. And we need to continue to pray for that. All right, so in conclusion, we have worship draws us closer to God. Worship renews our minds. Worship transforms our character. Worship strengthens our faith. And worship empowers us for breakthrough and destiny. The transformative power of worship is an incredible gift from God. And it, as I said earlier, it does have the power to dethrone the enemy in your life. Because what happens is you worship God, and then everything that's competing for God is dethroned. So would you just lift up your hands with me? And let's just lift up our voice to the Lord, and let's just worship. Let's just practice what we've been preaching. And let's just worship the the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the Bible, of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, we worship you. Let's church, come on, let's lift up our voice for real. We worship you, God. Bring breakthrough in this place as we worship you, God. Transform us, change us into the glory and the image of Jesus Christ. We don't want to be the same. We don't want to be negative people anymore. We want to be a people of faith, positive. With God, all things are possible. We want to see miracles happen. We want to see wisdom again in our life and in our culture. We want transformation, God. We worship you. We praise you, Lord. We place you in the highest place, the highest worth of our hearts. We worship you. We praise you. You alone are God, God of gods, King of kings, Lord of lords. We worship you. We praise you. We bless your holy name, Lord.